Well, how do you follow that? <clears throat> Welcome to Heritage Church. Just in case you were wondering <laughs> where you were. Uh, very funny. We're kicking off a brand new message series called Live Free. And uh, the whole premise is Murphy, right? Murphy's Law. It's coming. And so uh, it's about being prepared, being ready. And God has so much to say about being financially free. So I want to welcome you here today. We're going to dig into this and we're going to jump right in. Uh, as a matter of fact, this is week number one. We're going to stick with this idea for several weeks in uh, talking about how to really uh, find freedom the way that God says to be free. It's amazing how much the Bible has to say about how we handle and manage our resources and how to be successful at it. So I just want to jump right in. Today we're talking about taking care of business. So if you would, grab your notes out of your program and you can follow along. We'll also put all the verses up on the big screen and we will, uh, uh, you'll be able to track that way as well. So the reason why I want you to grab your notes or to read on the big screen is I'd like to get everybody to read the very first verse with me out loud. That's, that includes everybody at Emily City, at our Emily City campus. I need everybody to read out loud with me. Proverbs chapter two or 22, verse 7. Are you ready? Here we go. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Read, read that second half again. The borrower... The borrower is what? Servant, Servant to the lender. The, the original word, so this, this verse was written in Hebrew. The original word literally means is a slave to or is in bondage to. So when God says that when we uh, uh, are, that the, the servant or that the, the lender is the king, he rules over the borrower, and the borrower is the slave, the bond in bondage to the servant. I think if I asked the people in the room, well, I know if you're like a, the average American, if I asked you, how many of you say, you know what, I feel sometimes like financially, I'm just in bondage. It turns out most of us would say, yeah, that's true. Uh, only uh, just a few of us are really free. There's some of us that are finding a way to be free or getting free. Most of the, of the American population is devastatingly in bondage. The vast majority of Americans struggle. As a matter of fact, depending on, on which uh, article you read, uh, between 55 and 70% of all of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. More than 70% of all Americans will live paycheck to paycheck in their married life uh, for an extended period of time. I read an article on, in, on uh, MarketWatch, it's a website, uh, which said it's not just the poor who live paycheck to paycheck. A study from Greg Kaplan and uh, Justin Widener of Princeton University uh, finds that two-thirds of the 38 million American households who consume, consume all of their disposable income every day or every pay period, aren't poor. Let me state all that again because I stumbled through the whole thing. You know what? I, I, I just got these notes. Bonnie just finished typing them up for me a few minutes ago. And so it's a first for me too. If, uh, <laughs> According to a study from a guy from Princeton, <coughs> uh, he finds that two-thirds of the 38 million households who spend all of their money paycheck to pay paycheck, 38... Two-thirds of them are not poor. Two-thirds of the people who live paycheck to paycheck in America, let me say it that way, are not poor. They don't fit within the government numbers. They don't fit within economist numbers of being poor. We're just consuming most of what we bring in or all of what we bring in. Or if you, if you read anywhere else, uh, they're saying now we're spending 22 cents more than we bring in per, for every dollar. 
So you make a dollar, we're spending a dollar twenty-two. It's unbelievable. We're we're just we're out of control. Our spending is out of control. Everything's out of control. This same study, it was released by the Brookings Institute, found that these so-called wealthy hand-to-mouth people, they're older than the other than the poor paycheck-to-paycheck people. So they're older. They have more assets. They have more things. They're, they're not actually, they're in debt to more assets. They're in debt to more property. They're in debt to more cars. They're in debt to more, they have more toys. They're just living paycheck to paycheck because they're in so much debt. So they're older than the, than the poor people who are living hand, hand to mouth. And they have more stuff, but they can't keep it. They're having a hard time hanging onto it. So this is why the majority of Americans feel like they're in bondage financially. The Bible says it, that the borrower is the slave to the lender. So you might ask yourself, how do you know if, if you're in financial bondage? Well, if you've ever thought, you know what, I would love to begin tithing. I want to honor God with my resources, but I'm afraid if I start to, then I won't be able to pay the mortgage, then you're probably in bondage. If you've ever felt like God was asking you to do something, maybe go and, and serve uh, on a mission project with us in Kenya or Cuba or someplace else, or God's really called you to do something of significance, but you said, I can't do it this time. I just, I don't see where the money's going to come from. I, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I, I don't think I have the money. Then you're probably in bondage. If you've ever had it break again and you freak out, <coughs> maybe you're in bondage. I don't know what your it is. My it, the thing that keeps breaking all the time, is my stupid truck. It breaks and it breaks and it breaks and it breaks. It was a free truck. But, dude, it's not free to me. <laughs> Bonnie inherited it. She's like, I don't want it. You take it, right? So I, I take it and I've, I've put so much money into it, <clears throat> fixing it. It breaks. But so if whatever that thing is, for you it might be, I don't know, your air conditioner or your refrigerator or whatever that thing is that you just keep fixing all the time, when that breaks, if it breaks and you don't have enough money to fix it, it causes you to freak out a little bit, maybe you're in bondage. Uh, young couples will come in all the time all googly-eyed. We're in love. I'd be like, okay, dude, all the love songs on the radio make sense. I'm like, yeah, you are in love, dude. That's true. What do you want to do about it? Well, we want to get married, but we don't have any money. We're broke. Well, maybe you're in bondage, or maybe you just don't have a plan. Or what happens is this. The young couple, they do get married. Then they come in, and they say, you know what? We, we want to start a family. We, we, we envision. We know the Bible says that children are a blessing from the Lord, but we just can't imagine how we could ever afford a child. And I'm like, I don't, can't imagine how I afford three of them, so go figure, right? What were you thinking? I wasn't thinking. That was the problem. Sometimes people will say, and this is maybe the most common, sometimes people will say, you know what, uh, my wife really wishes she could stay home with, with the children, especially as they're, they're in this early development time, but there's no way. We can't afford it. We'll lose the house. We'll lose the car. She has to work. We both, we, we have to have two incomes in order for us to live. Maybe if you're in a position where you have to have two incomes, maybe we're financially we're in bondage. We've been raised up in this society thinking that there's only one way to live, that we have to live like our parents lived. Of course, it took them 40 years to get what they have. And of course, now we need it in 40 weeks, right? And so we leverage it and then we can't keep it unless we just leverage all of our time. And then we wind up sacrificing so many of the other things that are so much more important. So the Bible says the borrower is a slave. The borrower is in bondage to the lender. And let's be honest, financial bondage really hurts. 
It's why you don't like talking about it. It's like most of you that are here forgot that I was going to talk about money this week. That's why you're here, right? Because <laughs> you're like, oh, I don't want to talk about this. You might ask, why are we going to spend the next several weeks talking about money? Shouldn't we be talking about spiritual stuff? That's a good question. Seems like when you go to church, you should be talking about spiritual stuff. I, we want to spend more time talking about spiritual stuff. Or uh, I've had a few people say, you know what, I don't, wanna, I, I don't want my growth group to spend any time on the money thing. We, we're comfortable where we're at financially. We, we, uh, uh, we want to go deeper with God. We want to get into some spiritual stuff. We want to go deeper spiritually. So let me tell you why. Let me tell you why we're going to spend the next several weeks working on this. There's a lot of things that a lot of people just don't know uh, about what the Bible has to say about money. The parables of Jesus, these little stories that he told, two-thirds of them, 66% of all of the parables that Jesus told deal directly with finances and directly with possessions. In the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, one out of every 10 verses deals directly with money and stuff. In all of Scripture, there's over 2,300 verses that talk about money and possessions and how we manage them. And they're not bad. Not all of them are bad. Very few of them are bad. Because you're thinking, oh, great, Jeff's going to say, you know, money is the root of all evil. You ever hear, how many of you ever hear somebody say that in the Bible, money is the root of all evil? How many of you ever hear? Anybody? Nobody. Great. Hi, I'm Jeff. I, I'm just a pastor here. Thought we'd talk. Raise your hand if you ever heard anybody say money is the root of all evil. You can put your hand back down. Those people are lying to you. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. The Bible says love of money is the root of all evil. Right? And, and, and the reality is not many of you are walking around going, <laughs> I love these quarters. Right? <laughs> so what we fall in love with isn't the cash itself, most of us. You know, uh, uh, most of us, what we love is we love what money does. Money makes us feel better when we feel bad. Money makes us feel impressive when we're feeling a little down on ourselves. Money, money makes us feel, uh, money lets us do fun things. And so it lets us kind of uh, medicate ourselves a little bit when we're struggling. Money does all kinds of amazing things. And that's what the Bible says. So the love of the benefits of money, he says, when you, sometimes you can be consumed by it. But there's tons of other places besides that verse, tons of other places in the Bible that talk about the benefits of money, talk about how God desires for his people to be prosperous people, to live the way that God says to live, to manage the resources God's given us, and he'll bless us with more. The Bible talks about that over and over and over again. The Bible says that a wise person has plenty in store. A wise person, a godly person, the Bible says, somebody who's pursuing God and living his way will be prosperous. The Bible says it over and over and over again. So God's not against you doing okay. In all of Scripture, over 2,300 verses talk about money. Five times as many verses in the Bible talk about money than about prayer. Five times as many. The Bible talks five times more about your stuff than it does about how you need to pray. The Bible talks five times as often about money and stuff than it does about faith. Jesus talked more about money and stuff than he did about heaven and hell combined. It's extraordinary. So when you say, ah, oh, we should talk about spiritual stuff, God talked about it so much, maybe it is spiritual stuff. Maybe the fact that we haven't been thinking about the money issue as a spiritual issue might be why most of America is in the situation we're in. We think that, okay, God does the spiritual stuff. I'm going to manage the normal stuff. And we're not doing a very good job managing our normal stuff. And God says, hey, wait a minute. All this stuff, 
is my stuff, which makes all this stuff spiritual stuff. Let me teach you how to manage it. So he's not trying to control you. He's trying to give you freedom in this. And this is what we want to talk about. So managing God's resources wisely is a profoundly spiritual topic. And we're going to be talking about money because it's a spiritual topic. The big problem today is, is that the majority of us as Americans, we bought into some really big financial lies. I already mentioned to you that we spend $1.22 for every dollar that we make as a, as a nation. First thing that we have to understand about that is, man, that idea is just not sustainable. We can't keep doing that. We can't do that as a nation. We can't do that. Uh, uh, well, I guess you can if you're Congress. You just keep writing checks, right? Forever. And, and your great, 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 great grandchildren will have to pay for it someday. The rest of us in the real world, you and me, we don't get to do that, do we? We can't. It's not sustainable. Secondly, and, and, and this is what we really need to understand. If this is you, what, what this tells you very plainly is that your treasure is in this world because you think you need so much of it, you need more of it, that you're willing to risk your future, you're willing to uh, uh, leverage all of your time, leverage everything that really is important just to get a little bit more stuff. And it starts to tell us, hey, I've got my priorities wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that stuff is going to give me pleasure on a level that is worth risking everything else for. Now, if we live in the most prosperous country on the planet, of the, uh, on the planet Earth, if we live in the most prosperous group of people in the history of the world. In all of world history, in all of human history, you and I are living in a more prosperous environment than ever before in history. If you make, and I just read this on a, 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 about a year ago, two years ago, I guess. Uh, if you make more than $45,000 a year, you're in the top 2% in the history of the world. In the history of the world, top 2% in the history of the world. If you make 45000 a year or more, so we live in this incredibly prosperous country, and yet we can't live within our means. And we need more than we make, thinking that that'll make us happy. So it's about priorities a little bit. So here's the deal, and this is why we decided to take this on. We had a lot of people start asking questions about it. It became a, a major part of the conversation among our people as we went through our Transformed series. And one of, the, one of the messages in that and one of the weeks that we studied was about how God changes us financially. And people started saying, I want that change. I need more tools. And so this is how we came to this decision is, all right, we're going to give Heritage Church people some tools. And, and the reason is so many marriages come apart because of finances. So many people are struggling with depression because of finances. And it, it just, it makes me angry that there's so many people working so hard to grab one more dollar out of your pocket. And they smile at you when they do it. And they, they sell you on the best thing ever. And all most Americans are is a dollar bill to the marketing companies. And so we, they, they'll give you free credit cards and they do all these crazy things. And it's just starting to make me mad that God's people are living in bondage and not free. That's it. I'm not mad at you. I'm just mad at the way the, way the world system's working. So we decided, you know, we're going to push back against this. We're going to invest heavily. We know. We know that there's people who are going to say, ah, if Jeff's going to talk about money for the next few weeks, we're going to skip church for a few weeks. We'll go somewhere else for a few weeks. We don't want to talk about that. We know attendance will go down during this time. It's crazy to me. But it'll go down because people don't want to deal with it. We know that some people are going, ah, gee, what are they thinking? This is awful. But we also know there's going to be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families who are going to get things turned around. Finally going to get some tools. They're going to change. And it's about the freedom on the other side of that. And so we're saying, all right, we're going to take this risk. We're going to do whatever we can. 
We're going to do whatever it takes to get this right <clears throat> and to teach our people how to get this right and to begin living it ourselves. And we want to help you do the same thing, to do whatever it takes. So I promise you this message series is not about how you need to give more money to Heritage Church. Of course, we teach tithing here, but it's not about what we can get from you. It's about the freedom that God's been offering you. He's been offering this to you your whole life. It's just nobody's spent the time to teach you about it, perhaps. Maybe you've not known how to get to this place of freedom, and so we want to show you God's way to financial freedom. All right, let me shift gears a little bit. How many of you uh, uh, have ever heard that the vast majority of small businesses fail? Have you ever heard that? It's the vast, right, the vast majority of small businesses fail. Why? Why do they, they fail? If you read any articles from, from anybody, they'll tell you it's because the majority of small businesses don't plan well. They don't put a, a, a good enough plan together or they haven't done the research well enough or, or they missed something in their planning. And so here's the deal. This is what we're going to do in this series. We're going to help devise your own personal business plan, your own family business plan. And so we're going to jump off using Luke chapter uh, uh, 16 tonight. So look, follow along in your program. Here's what it says. Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you can't be manager any longer. This, this word manager, you'll notice it in your notes, <coughs> the Greek word oikonomos, it, 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 it kind of sounds like economics a little bit there. It kinda, that's the root. It, it literally means overseer. It means one who has uh, charge of the affairs of a household or it's an office of trust and confidence. It's a big one. This guy was put in charge. He was given a trust. He was given confidence by the, the wealthy man to take care of all of his uh, possessions, to manage the household. And Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, God's kingdom is kind of like this. God uh, uh, lets people steward and manage his resources. But then everybody has to give an account. This is what he's teaching here. So this guy's an overseer, but he's accused of wasting the rich man's possessions. How many of you own a business? How many of you own your own business? Oh, good. Fantastic. That's a scary thought. <laughs> yeah, some of you, as soon as I said, oh, good, fantastic, you pulled your hand out and said, oh, not that kind of business, right? <laughs> it's, so, no, it is. It's, it's a, a, a fantastic thing, uh, thing. Here's the key thought that I want you to go through the rest of this series with. And this is why I asked it. God has given you a business. All of you, every one of us, if God's given you any income at all, you have a business to manage. Just like this guy. This guy, it wasn't his stuff. He didn't go out and make this money. It was the wealthy man's money. It was his business, his job to manage well this man's resources. And so if we would look at it that way, if we would look at our, at our resources, the things that come to us as the business of life, that God has given us this business to manage, then we only have two management options. There's only two ways to manage. This guy was being dishonest. He wasn't doing a good job. But there's two big ways, if I'm thinking about my life as being a, a business that is to be managed, there's two management options. First of all, you can be wasteful, you know, spend 22 cents more than we make per dollar. The Bible says Jesus told his disciples there's a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. Jesus said, hey, this guy was being wasteful. How are we wasteful? One way, and I don't know if you ever thought about this, one way of being wasteful is not planning for the future, if you're filling in the blanks. We don't plan for the future. Secondly, we're unable to track our spending. 
And thirdly, we spend foolishly. So we don't plan for the future. We don't pay attention to what we're currently spending. And then we wind up spending foolishly. We wind up spending things, uh, 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 spending our resources on foolish things. It's because we're chasing things that we think will make us happy. And those things, at first, we want to own them. But eventually, and, and God's not against you owning stuff. Where it gets bad for us is when stuff begins to own us. And so often, people would say, we would do this, but we can't because we have to do this. Or we're going to lose everything. Uh, you know, the, the young couple who says, you know, one of us would love to stay home with the kids, but we can't because we have to stay at work. Meaning now my stuff owns me. Because I can't, make my, I can't make decisions I think are best for my family because the previous, previous decisions that I made have bound me and now my stuff owns me. Whatever. There's so many things like that. So stuff winds up owning us. The Bible says no one can serve two masters, right? And a borrower is slave to the lender. The Bible says no one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one and love the other or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. It's not possible. Here's why. Money promises what only God can provide. Money promises to you. This is why we serve money. Even when we say, oh, I don't serve money. And yet the thing that makes you maddest was when preachers talk about money. The thing you're most embarrassed to talk about is money. The thing that makes you most upset that you stress out the most about is money. Money promises what only God can provide. Money promises us security. If you just have more of it, you'll be more secure. If, if, man alive, money will make me safe. Money will make me have so much more peace. And then money promises us significance. If I had more money, I could do cooler things. People would be so impressed with me. My next high school reunion will be awesome. Whoever loves money never has money enough. Man, it turns out God is so smart. You ever think about that, how smart God is? Isn't God smart? He says, whoever loves money <laughs> never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. By the way, this too is meaningless. <coughs> You'll never have enough. You've heard many uh, illustrations and stories about wealthy people saying, you know, I just don't have enough. Howard Hughes, at the time, richest man in the world, uh, not long before he died, gave an interview to somebody in Los Angeles, and uh, they asked, how much is enough, Howard? And he said, one more dollar. One more. Richest man in the world, just one more. Just give me one more. That's what I want. It's not enough. So here's what happens. This, this dishonest guy, he's been wasting the master's money. He's not managed it well. And he knows he's going to be fired. The guy says, you can't be my manager anymore. So the guy leaves right straight from that meeting, and he goes to his boss's uh, 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 people who owed him money. And he says, how much do you owe? The guy says, well, I owe, you know, I don't know, 1000 bucks." He's like, okay, cut it in half. Write me a check for 500 right now. So, of course, the guy's thrilled. Sure, that's great. How much do you owe? I owe 700 all right, cut a check right now. If you cut, it, cut me a check right now, uh, I'll, I'll excuse half of it, 350 bucks. He did that. He goes around. He's doing two things. He's, he's doing a bunch of favors for people who eventually uh, owe him favors, right, because of this, and he's about ready to lose his job. So it's pretty slick that way. The other one was he was collecting a bunch of money right away, getting some, getting some liquidity as quickly as possible to be able to go back to his boss with. And, and now Jesus is not 
praising dishonesty here. But Jesus is saying that uh, uh, the master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. That's not the point. The point is not, the, is not the, the, what he did, but rather the shrewdness of what he did. And, and here's, here's the point that Jesus is making. The people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of light. The Bible says sometimes, you know what, people of the world, uh, they, it, it, it's so important to them they manage better than, than God's people. Sometimes God's people, just, it's just kind of flippant. And, and what we say is, it, oh, well, if, if it's God's will, he'll make me wealthy someday. Well, apparently it's not God's will. If God would just bless me, God's like, what? If I would just bless you, you're living among the top 2% in the history of the world. How much more blessing do you need before you start feeling wealthy? How much more blessing do you need before you start managing well what I did give you? You understand? We sit around and we look at other people and we measure our wealth by others and we go, I'm not very wealthy. But God's saying in the history of the world, you are the elite of the elite if, if your household income's over 45000 a year. And we sit around just by faith, hoping it happens, and we don't put any plan in place. And God says, that's being unfaithful with the resources that I gave you. So we can be unfaithful or, now let's shift gears, because I've been beating you up bad for the last 10 minutes. So let's move. move. <laughs> let's, let's shift. Okay, all the bad's gone. Let's shift over. From here on out, it's all, woohoo! all right? You can be faithful. So you can be unfaithful or you can be faithful. Jesus said this, <clears throat> whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who's going to trust you with true riches? So God says, be faithful with a little bit you have. You only have a little bit. You don't feel very wealthy versus everybody else. God's not measuring the total amount. God's measuring the level of your faithfulness. Are you being faithful today? Are you doing the things that God says to do financially today? God says, if you are, I'll keep blessing you. I'll keep adding more to it. I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. But if you're not being faithful with that, if you're not managing that well, understanding your life is a business, God's given you this business, and he says, I want you to manage my resources as your business. He says, coming right out of that teaching, he says, if you can be trusted with a little, I'll trust you with more. But if you're dishonest with a little, then I'm not going to trust you with any more. Have you ever noticed it doesn't matter how much more money you make? I remember when Bonnie and I got married, we were making uh, $21,000 a year. Um, and, and we were thrilled because we were married. We were going to live on love, baby. And we did. We still do. I don't even know how much money I make. It's just heaven all the time. But um, so we were making like $21,000 a year. And I can remember we sit down with the budget sheet and trying to work it out because I wanted to get this under control. It seemed like we never had enough money. And so I can remember working out and saying, man, Bonnie, if we just made $2,400 more a year, we would have so much more margin. $200 a month more. If we just had $200 a month more, it would be perfect. And God gives us $200 a month more. And then the next you know, a year and a half later, we're sitting there trying to figure out how are we going to manage this money? We need more money. How much? If we had $500 a month more, if we had $1,000 a month more, and now, you know, I look at it and I go, I can't believe how much money God blesses me with. And if we just had $1,000 more, right? Isn't it crazy? 
It's not, and it's, it's, if you can be trusted with a little bit, God will give you a little more. But, but that verse we read a little while ago says, if you have money, you'll never feel like you have enough. You always want more. If wealth is your focus, you'll always be wanting more. So when Jesus says, whoever be trusted with a little, then I'll trust you with more. If you, whoever can, is dishonest with a little, I'm not going to trust you with more. Here's the key thought. Before asking God for more income, maybe we need to get control of our outgo. Right? Oh, God, I need more income. And God's like, dude, it's just pouring out of you. Right? Get, get control of your outgo. That's the thing. This is a management thing. It's not about an income thing. It's mostly our problem is a management thing. And so here's what we're going to do through this message series and, 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 and through this entire small group series. Let me, let me be honest with you. I'm going to confess this to you. I think this is a bad idea if you execute on it, but the reality is if you signed up for our growth groups for the next eight weeks and skipped the next eight weeks of church services, you probably will go further with your money than if you skip the small groups and only come to the church services. I know, you'll go 10 times further in managing your money better. So here's the thing. What we're doing is we're tag-teaming the two. I'm not saying skip church. What I'm saying is on the weekends, it's cheerleading, it's giving you a few resources, it's pointing in the right direction, it's showing you what the Bible has to say. But in the growth groups for the next eight weeks, it's all about the nuts and bolts. It's about figuring this thing out. In those growth groups, you don't have to talk about your money. You don't have to talk about your specific situation. We're just going to give you tools and tools and more tools, help you with more tools in the growth group uh, environment. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to help you over that eight-week period to put together an eight-week business plan that you can begin to execute on over the, over the next many, 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 many months. It's going to start off with baby steps. Those of you who know about Dave Ramsey, he talks about baby steps, right? Just little steps. You're not going to be running a marathon by the end of this series, but we can begin helping you take a few baby steps. This is the start of the life that you really want, the life of freedom, the life of peace, the life of a stronger marriage. It's these baby steps. And then it's going to be built around teamwork. You need a group. You need a group. You need a group. Get in a group. Get in a group. Get in a group. Get in a group. We've got 38 groups right now. I'd love it if, you, you know, 15 of you walked out of here today and said, I'll lead a group, right? Because we need it. You need to be in a group. Get in a group. They're all over the place. But you need teamwork. You don't have to confess your money situation. You don't have to tell anybody what your numbers are and assign your name to it. You don't have to do any of that. All you're going to do is you're going to get in a group. Everybody's going to commiserate. Yep, we all need to work on this. Fantastic. Let's get some help. And then we've got some great videos. Dave Ramsey teaches from a biblical perspective uh, around the finances. It's incredible. This guy's like a preacher. He does a great job and a lot of fun. Very, very funny. For those of you who ever listened to Dave, he's uh, hysterically funny. And then tons of resources. We're going to give you so many resources, but you need to be part of a team. And then you need the nuts and bolts. You need uh, coaching. You need coaching. That's it. Ecclesiastes 10.10 says, if the axe is dull, the work is harder. I should have put this in the notes. Maybe write it down. Ecclesiastes 10.10. You just write ECC. That'll work. You'll you'll know what it means. Ecclesiastes 10.10. If the axe is dull, the work is harder. But with skill comes success. For a lot of us, they they taught you in school. You had 12 years in, in you know, elementary, middle school, and high school, 12 years of, of letters and numbers and all this stuff, and you got maybe a semester on how to balance the checkbook, right? They, they, they don't prepare us for life. Even in college, most of the time, we don't get prepared how to live. It's the most important thing. Millions of dollars in your lifetime will pass through your hands. 
And at the end of many of our lives, we're going to go, where'd it go? Right? And it's just because we don't have skill. We don't have the skills. People who know how to make money know how to make money. The people who don't know how to make money don't know how to make money. What we're talking about is we're going to help you with the nuts and bolts. We're going to give you the coaching for this. And then it's going to take, take us from there to dumping debt. It's going to be incredible how much debt we're going to dump. And then begin to plan for downtimes. When you dump debt and plan for a downtime, this is the freedom that you're looking, looking at. Remember uh, 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 in Braveheart, freedom, right? And then begin preparing for the future. Many of us, we can't even imagine that. Can't even imagine being ready for the future. He's talking about security. And then profit sharing. Can you imagine generosity? Can you imagine being able to respond generously to every uh, opportunity that you have to make a difference for people that really, that God tells you, hey, go serve them, go help them, provide for your children, your grandchildren, help your mom out. How great would that be if you could do it? Not just barely getting by or squeaking by or make it hurt all the time, but God just was using you now as a conduit. It was just flowing from you and bubbling out to everybody else. He had plenty, plenty left over. The Bible says that is how a godly, wealthy person winds up being able to live. Not just collecting more for me. I'll always have plenty as long as I'm pouring out to others. And so this idea of eventually being free enough to be generous, when that starts to happen, just the sheer momentum of that is, is incredible. So a biblical perspective would be this. Our money should serve us as we serve God. I spent the first several minutes of the message talking about how we serve money. We don't think we serve money until we really dig into it and realize there's so many decisions we can't make because if we make those decisions, we're going to be ruined. So many things that would be important to us if we could, but we don't do them because we'd be ruined if we tried to help somebody else or if we took the time away from work to do those things. So our money should serve us as we serve God. One of my favorite verses as I've been going through this whole series and preparing for it has been Romans 13, 8. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. How awesome would that be if the only debt I had was to continue loving people? How amazing would that be? Imagine in your mind, just, just pause for a minute and imagine in your mind, and, and don't pretend like you haven't done this before. Because every time the lotto gets up to like 300 million, you start thinking about what would you do with 300 million dollars, right? You do it. So quit pretending. Imagine being debt free right now. Imagine no credit card payment, no school loan payment, no car payment, no furniture payment, no house payment, to be totally free to do what? Because here's what the Bible says. The Bible said that God gave us all these things in the world, all these things for our enjoyment. That's what the Bible says. He gave all of this to you for your enjoyment. And yet many of us don't have the margin to enjoy what God's given us. We struggle. So I have to ask you this. What's your plan? Because with skill comes success. So what's your plan? If you don't have a plan, we have a plan. We want to help you. Right? We, we, this is not about what Heritage Church can get from you. This is about Heritage Church saying, we're going to pause in the life of Heritage Church for these next few weeks, and we're going to say, here's a plan. This is a plan, and it's God's plan. It's God's way to manage money. So first of all, I want you to do this. I want you to take out your connection card that's in your program. 
Our staff loves it when I add new things to put in a connection card because that means we wind up getting like 9,000 of them in a weekend, and it's great because they love processing those. I walk in on Monday, and they're like, <laughs> get your connection card out. If you're saying, okay, I want to adopt this plan. I want to be part of this challenge. We'll send you a monthly from now till the end of the year or even beyond, maybe till this time next year. We'll send you a monthly newsletter, a live-free newsletter. And this is not about shame on you. It's not even me preaching. There's not big articles that I'm writing on it. It's just links and, 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 and uh, uh, resources that are free or almost free to you that's going to help make everything you do less expensive, that's going to help you plan and prepare. If you'll give us your name and give us your email address, we'll send that out to you. We're not going to impose it on you. You know, we're not going to force you to have it, and I'm not going to announce this very often. So if you want it, sign up for it this weekend. That's one step for the plan. If you're in crisis, you're saying, Jeff, we are underwater now, and we're going down for the last time. If you're in crisis right now, we want to get you connected to our money mentor team. We have a whole team of people. Some of them are money professionals. Some of them have just been incredibly successful applying God's principles, these principles. We have a whole team of people. They're volunteers, but they would love to serve you in coaching you through this process. Dozens and dozens and dozens of Heritage Church families have gone through this process. Many, many, many of them have found freedom or at least a little bit more security. If you need mentoring and you're in crisis mode, Stop by guest services or shoot us an email this week and say, I'd love to sit down and talk with a money mentor. And they'll, they'll kind of go through an assessment with you and figure out uh, to what level would they be able to help. If you're free, maybe you're saying, Jeff, I'm just free. This is, I don't need any of this. This is unnecessary for me. Then I'm asking you this, help us. Help us. Because as you look around, seven out of ten people sitting around you are desperate or almost desperate. They're, they're, they're walking on the precipice, they, or they might be blissfully desperate. They might not even know, right? But they're right on the edge. We need your help. If you found freedom, this is not the time to take a nap. If you found freedom, this is not the time to hit the pause button with regard to your engagement. Right now, if God gave you freedom, the Bible says it's our responsibility to take the hope that God's given us to other people and help them with the same help we got. So we now, this series, you're right, it's not about you but the kind of eternal impact you could make in a family's life or for the kingdom could be extraordinary if we can turn an entire army of Heritage Church people free over the next year. We desperately need you to engage with us. And it's only 90 days. I'm not asking you to give away the rest of your life, right? 90 days. Dig in with us. If you want to be free, if you're where the majority of us are, uh, we're not saying you're going to come in and cry on the first night and tell everybody all your deep, dark secrets, right? It's not what we're talking about. None of that has to happen. You only go as far as you want to go with regard to your conversation. But if you're willing to jump in and jump on board, we need you to get in a group. And this week's the week. If you're willing to lead a group, we'll hook you up. We'll give you the, get you the DVDs. We'll get you the book material. It teaches it. You don't have to be a money uh, 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 expert at all. All you have to do is have a DVD player. Dave Ramsey does all the teaching. Get all the book. You get the whole kit. It's amazing. If you're interested, do that. We need you to sign up this week because we're starting next week in order to get done in eight weeks before school gets done. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make it as, as quickly as possible, so we need you to be a part of this. If you want to join, we've got a, a Financial Peace University kit for you. These are, I think list price is $199. I think the actual price, you can go buy them for like $109 online right now. They're on sale a little bit. I think they typically run $120. Uh, uh, we 
have worked out a deal with them, and um, I think this might be one of the lowest-priced places in the country right now, if not the lowest, for $80. We can get the whole kit for you. That's 10 bucks a week for the whole series, right? In this thing is this. Here's your study guide, and it's amazing. All the, the, the resources inside the study guide, that's cool. You've got the book. This is the book. The Complete Guide to Money. That might be useful. That'd be good for you. There's, uh, oh, this is the envelope system for keeping your money in. It's really a good one. There's the Financial Peace University uh, audio library in it. That's amazing. There's all these things for tracking, which are really cool. And then there's this, um, this right here, your welcome kit, which has some really funny things in it. Uh, for the nerds among you, uh, your budgeting tool is a pencil. And it says, this is the nerds pencil. And for the free spirits among you, there's an eraser. That's your budgeting tool, right? And uh, there's, there's a lot of other things. But inside this, this is the magic. Inside this, there's a code that lets you go on Dave Ramsey's uh, uh, website with the code the whole time that you're a part of this. And from here on until Jesus comes back or, or until <laughs> they change their policy, um, uh, you have access to all of the resources uh, for money management that, that Dave has. And so all of the forms, all of the coaching, the videos, all that kind of stuff is in there. And so uh, you get that. That's, that's the magic of it. So this whole thing, you get all of that, and uh, i got to pick this up before the singers come back out. Um, the, uh, you, you get all of this, and then your leaders will have the opportunity. Hey, Chris. Chris, backstage. I hurt myself. Hurry. <laughs> Maybe I didn't. Maybe I'm lying. Come here, buddy. Let me give you this stuff. Can you? Thank you, man. You're my hero. Can you just put that backstage for me? Yeah. All right. Don't steal it. <laughs> Good. Thank you, man. Chris is awesome. So it's 80 bucks, 10 bucks a week. Go out and sign up now. It's, it's the, least, the lowest price we can figure out how to get to you. The average Pam family pays off $5,300 during this series. And they save, so they pay off $5,300, and the average family saves $2,700 during this 90 days. It's incredible. Is it going to be easy? No. Is it going to be worth it? Can you imagine the freedom on the other side of that if all of a sudden you were $5,300 down on debt and $2,700 up on cash? That's the average. That's the average person. So at Heritage Church, I announced this last week, we want to help pay off $2.5 million worth of personal debt using God's plans, God's system, uh, from now until uh, the end of the year. And my staff panicked because up to that point, we had felt like a big faith stretch was $2 million. That, that's a big, a big faith stretch, and I just decided to kick in an extra half million. It's a half million dollar kicker there uh, for fun. But the reality is that means we want to help 500 families get through this system over the next 90 days. That, that's what we want, 500. We want to help 500 of you. So we're not waiting for the person next to you. We're waiting for all y'all people, right? That's what we're saying. We want to help everybody that's here. So here's the deal. You're 90 days away from the beginning of freedom or you're 90 days away. In 90 days, you'll still be living as the borrower is slave to the lender. It's your choice. And in 90 days from now, some of us are going to be so far down the road and others are going to be going, I got left behind. And a year from now, you're going to still be hoping that God helps you win the lotto. Right? So here's the thing. We're inviting you. Break free. Come with us on this journey. It's not easy. It'll be hard. It's 
It's going to cost 80 bucks. But you could break free. You could break those chains. And you can begin to live free and imagine the kind of impact that Christians would have in this world if Christians were free. If we just do God's way. So that's what we want to help you with over the next couple of weeks. So Jesus, we just pray that you'd be with us. Most of us, well, we know you are with us. That's a silly prayer. We ask that you would be evident in our lives on a daily basis as we choose to follow you. As we choose to go your way. As we choose to say, all right, we're done managing in our way. And we're willing to follow yours. God, help us to choose faithfulness. Help us to see you do what you promised to do as we choose to obey you. God, make us free. Help us to have the courage to do the hard work. And then, God, you add your supernatural blessing as we choose to do our natural work, following you in your way. God, help us to be free. Strengthen our marriages. Strengthen our homes. Give us a vision that goes beyond our own front yard. Help us to see the world the way that you do and help us to see that you've given us the resources to be significant catalysts for change in the world around us if we would just manage them the way that you say to manage. Thank you, Jesus, for caring about these things. Help us too as well. In your name we pray. Amen.